The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. Here we go. I love the power. power, power. Hi everyone, I am Mac 19 and this is the, the 70th and final Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast for 2016. Joining me as co-host tonight is Porsche. This is our Mad Monday, like the actual one. So we had it the is. players Mad Monday. This is our Mad Monday. Woo. I'm good. You've been drinking, not, haven't you? A little. But I'm not wearing a costume, so I'm really not getting into it properly. I do apologise. That's all right. You've been drinking. I just had some hay fever medication, which expired in 2013. <laughs> so I actually think I'm talking into an aubergine right now. So uh, happy I think, days I think, for all concerned. I think, what I'm doing is, I think what I'm doing is safer. So, you know... <laughs> Look, Mission Possible was supposed to join us, and he might still join us. He's forgotten his Skype login details, um, so we're hoping he, he remembers them at some point in the not-too-distant future um, and can join you, us you know, uh, pretty soon. So, You know, Mecca, I'm pretty sure the dog ate his homework too. Possibly, yeah. yeah. As I was saying pre, uh, pre-podcast, thank God he wasn't our midfield coach circa 2011. Oh, good old Lele, good old Lades. Skype coaching. Yeah. Well, look, let's talk about the draft, because I reckon we did bloody well, to be honest. How good did we go? That was exactly, (laughs) like, it was really good. It was almost like we were the ones picking, because all the players that we sort of spoke about that we really, really wanted, we ended up actually getting. Well, I mean, like, I understand why we picked Marshall, and I still would have been pretty keen on, like, Berry and then the picks we took. But Marshall, like, he does feel an actual need, you know. I understand why we drafted him. And I, I do note that, fortunately, this time around, like, the Parker is not saying he's a gen- necessarily a genuine key position forward, but he's sort of a tall, rangy forward, which is good because yeah. it means that our definitions have changed because we used to definitely refer to him as a key position forward from my memory. Yeah. Um, so that's good that we're now recognising the, that there is a difference. And so hopefully that means that Todd Marshall won't count against our genuine key position forward um, allotment in the next draft, which we will be, I still hope, trying to draft tall forwards. For sure. So let's have a quick chat about the draft as a whole, I guess. Um, probably the first yeah. round, because we did do the Phantom of the first round. Um, there weren't yeah. actually too many surprises before our first pick. I guess uh, Taranto at two uh, was a... Minor surprise, I guess. I thought they'd I go reckon, Ainsworth, but um, Taranto's we certainly a good pick one. there. I reckon we were close to that one with Taranto, you know. I, yeah. I, it's not really a surprise. Like that top three, I reckon you could throw a, a blanket over and just grab one, you know, whichever yeah. would be fine. For sure. We got, um, so I think we pretty well picked uh, Petrovsky Seaton for Carlton. I think we got Gold Coast with Scrimshaw, yep. Logue with Frio, Brody, Gold Coast. That was always going to happen. Uh, Gold Coast obviously did did a good job getting the four midfielders there, so they were pretty happy. Uh, Florent to Sydney was a little bit of a surprise, I guess. I thought he'd go the pick after to North Melbourne, but uh, yeah, he's packing his well, bags and uh, off to New South Wales. Yeah, I mean, I know there was a lot of talk about Florent, you know, that he's lost his dad and all that stuff. But, I mean, the upside is, like, flights between Sydney and Melbourne are literally every five minutes, basically, close yeah. to... Pretty much. Um, so it's not it's not an onerous task to get down there. Um, and even if you want to drive, it's like an, it's the same drive as Adelaide to Melbourne. You know, if you've got a yep. week off in mid season or whatever else, it's not hard. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, but as far as North Melbourne, I mean, they haven't done too badly, I don't think. Like, they've got Jai Simpkin instead of oh. Oliver Florent, which I guess they're yeah. pretty comparable, really. That's not really a huge downgrade at all. No, absolutely um, not. Look, I reckon North Melbourne absolutely nailed this draft, to be honest. I reckon even oh, in the rookie draft, they've got Cam Zerhar and Oscar Junker in the rookie draft. I'd be pretty happy with that. I think that, but I mean, their picks right after ours. Like, for me, they just really, really felt like... Um, they were just really annoyed. <laughs> Look, I like Watson. I like Williams. So for them to go for three, they bid on Callum Brown as well, I think. So for them to go for three academy picks after straight after us. Yeah, uh, right. Was, uh, not what I was expecting, I guess. But, um, yeah, it worked out pretty well for them in the end. Well, I mean, we'll see. Because the guys they got, like, they're still kind of flankery, right? So I'm not really overly enamoured with that, you know. It's not like they managed to wrestle free a Harry Perryman or anything. And yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know if that actually, I don't know that, that this draft necessarily makes North Melbourne a better side, in my view. Like, they've really just sort oh, of taken it. A, I reckon it does. Oh, I'm not convinced of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I guess the real surprise has started to come after our first two picks because you looked, and, and we did mention that on, uh, on our um, Drunk Draft Night podcast it as did. well, where. You know, St Kilda picked Ben Long, and then Geelong picked Brandon Parfit, and Carlton got Zach. I know. We started to think, well, the players that we want are starting to fall to our second picks now. Um, and then the dogs got Lipinski, Collingwood reached for Sam McClarty, Essendon got Josh Begley, and it was happy days. I reckon that Brandon Parfit, like if you're a bookmaker, Brandon Parfit being drafted by Geelong would have been the longest shot of the draft. Um, because he doesn't yeah, meet any surprise. of their... He doesn't meet any of their standard recruiting principles. Um, no. He's a slow, small midfielder. They they tend to go the exact opposite. So maybe that's why they did it. But I don't know. He's just seen like that felt too early for any club. And for Geelong, uh, look, I don't get it. I mean, Zach Fisher went the pick after him, and that's just ridiculous. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. I take yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was an interesting choice. I, I thought Carlton with uh, they got about three or four really small guys. So I don't know, maybe um, yeah, maybe Bolton draft, just wants right? to be able to look his players in the eye. I don't know. <laughs> this is the future of Carlton. Smaller, <laughs> a little bit smaller. That's good. But no, the, the picks that I expected to go before our second batch of picks, like guys like Brennan Cox and Kobe Much, Paholke, uh, they all ended up oh, actually going yeah. after. Um, yeah. So we really had full choice of who we wanted, um, and I'd be surprised if guys like McClarty and Begley and Lipinski were higher than Atley and Drew on our draft list. To be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean that's the thing. Like we were talking about how um, we wanted to get two of Atley, Drew, Clark, and Paholke, and we got to choose our favourite two. I mean that's that was unlikely. It was likely that one of them would go before us. I would have thought. It's took some pretty pretty left field picks happening in that second round for this to happen. Um, I mean, Josh Rotham the th- at thirty six to West Coast after us, like they would be jumping around on that one. He's going to play a billion games for them. Yeah. Um, as, oh, I, I look, I, I don't understand what happened with those those second round picks before us. I don't understand what the thinking was because there's just a whole bunch of guys that I don't rate at all, frankly. Yeah. Look, I'm mm. trying to get uh, Mish on right now. So yeah. let's see what happens. We're Come on, him Mish. A call. He's sulking about the Hulk. He's a Pasolki. 
I'm very much for sulky. Hey, here he is. Hey. Good on Mark, you. I hate technology. Did I ever tell you I fucking hate technology? <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I on the wrong side of 50, well, 49 to the love of technology. So you missed the first five minutes, so we've just basically had a quick chat about the draft as a whole um, and how there weren't really, I guess, any real surprises in the first round, but the surprises came after our first two picks, which allowed us yeah. to really have sort of full... Um, full choice over the guys that um, we really probably wanted. Yes, yes. Um, it's funny listening back to it, listening to you guys back through your podcast, and as you could see the excitement building in your voice, it's just like, oh, shit, we're actually going to get our pick of whoever we bloody want. <laughs> um, At both. Yeah, at both the first round picks and the second round picks. I mean, it happened twice yep. in one draft. Unlikely. Oh, it is. It is. It was just like, I didn't know what to think after the draft. It was just, this is so unreal. This doesn't happen this way. <laughs> no, no. Um, this is a question on the, um, I don't know if it's on the podcast thread or somewhere else about whether this is maybe our best draft. And other people have said 2006, but... In 2006, we drafted Paul Stewart with an early second round pick. So I reckon this is already ahead. Well, um, which was the draft with... Um, this was a Ruby Gray draft, uh, Justin Westhoff, yeah, the, uh, Travis Boak, yeah. and um, what's his name, Williams, that was Boak's best mate. Yeah. yeah. What was the um, Trengove draft? Who did we get? 2007, that was Trengove. Oh, 2008. Was he? I thought yeah. he was 2007, Trengove. 2008. I would have said that. Said that was Trengove Broadbent. Hartlett, was that yep. those three? Oh, okay. Yep. Might have been, yeah. Redden, Mitch Banner. Yeah. Glenn Cougar Dawson <laughs> with a late pick. Yeah. Like okay. Cougar. Yep. That one started off well and died. Yep. yep. It did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I guess this one could it, too. But... As a draft, on draft night, this one feels like the best we've had. I think so. I yeah. think so. Look at, looking at both drafts as a whole, I would think that... Uh, Look, it's obviously maybe a bit too early to tell, and you're going to have to wait five or six years. Um, but it, from everything we've seen and from all the research we've done yep. on this podcast, yep. I, I can honestly say I think we've absolutely nailed it. Um, so yep. it's really yep. up to the club to develop them now. I think they've all got you know they've all got talent. They've all got extreme AFL potential. Uh, it's now up to the to the guys at the club to uh, harness that and uh, get them playing good AFL footy. Yeah, look, I've got a question for Mish. Just, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here. I probably am, but I'm, I'm the Rick for this show, so that's okay. <laughs> um, Tony Alango didn't get drafted. What do you reckon about that? Do you think, is that surprising you or? Hello? Ah, oh, uh, look. Oh, let's I don't face think that's it. a big surprise, to be was... honest. Oh, okay. Why? I don't think that's a big surprise because I don't think he knows how to play football, to be honest. I think he's an athlete. Well, um, I think he's more of an athlete at the moment as as opposed to a footballer. Um, you know, he's got a good leap. He's pretty quick, but uh, he doesn't get any of the ball at all. Um, and you've got to mm. be able to get that. I think um, he's going to take at least four, five, six years to become competent, I reckon. 
Uh, so for me, that's not much of a surprise. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's going to take four or five years for Sam Draper to get fit, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I dropped now. Hey, He's Mitch, Tony Alengo, not oh, drafted. You're asking me a question. <laughs> Tony Alengo, not drafted. What up? What up? What up? Oh, um, I think that's a fair call. Um, okay. Mind you, yeah, he was only ever going to be a rookie. He was never going to get yeah. drafted. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I would have thought somebody would have taken a punt on his athletic ability and wanted to work up. Um. But Jeebus, you don't know what off-field issues are there, but Jeebus, go play state league footy, mate, and make your mark, because it won't take much to get you drafted. That's true. Speaking of which, um, I guess the real mystery person that we didn't discuss really at all is um, Lynette. What do you know about Lynette, Mish? Um, I sat next to his dad at school. (laughs) Oh, no shit. No shit. (laughs) No shit. Year 12. Steve Block at Murraybridge High, we sat next to each other. Oh, you ripper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was actually an under-18 the last year I did scouting, and mm. we scouted him real heavy at that stage. Right, um, right. And again, he was a key position player. He played a halfback flank. Um, at that stage, he needed to work on his hard ball, contested footy. Mm. Now, I haven't seen much of Even back then. He was going to step into AFL footy as one of the elite kicks of AFL. Nice, nice. And, yeah. and he hasn't lost any of that. So, like, the first time you go watch him as a scout, you just go, wow, yes, please. And then it's just like, yeah, the intensity in his footy and the running and all that wasn't up to scratch then. What I like is he's stuck at it. Yeah. He's gradually gone through the grades. It's not as though it's come to him easy. Um I'd still think you're probably going to have to work at his intensity and running. Okay. And gut running, that is. But if you can turn him into a – if you can fix them up, you've got a star footballer. Yeah. So, That's pretty good for a rookie list. Yeah. Now, t- turning somebody's intensity around to AFL hard. level isn't the easiest thing to do, but – James Seller. Um, <laughs> but – I watched his grand final and it certainly improved and it's still got further to go, but I thought he was, from that grand final, you had to give him a go on the list and see how he would go in the environment, whether he could fix it. So you're pretty stoked about our rookie draft then? Yes. Yep. Yep. Well, I wanted Laddams as a ruckman and I don't think there's that much difference between Laddams and English. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if there's it a... 60 picks difference between Laddams and English, I find it amazing. What What do you think that Rich um, Essendon saw in Sam Draper compared to Laddams? Like, what do you think it was? Um, upside. I think they've just projected more upside. I think. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it's funny, Draper's from our local club as well, so. Um. I was stoked to see him go. It was funny when I was looking at the draft and the first name called out was Sam Draper. I've gone, yeah. I know that name. Why do I yeah. know that name? <laughs> uh, it just totally threw me from. I was like, oh, you Wally. <laughs> uh, oh. So yeah, so yeah. Um, it depends on which way you want to go with your um, extrapolating who's going to be better. 
Yeah, yeah. They both upside projections. Uh, they could be very good ruckmen. Draper's a lot further away from it at the moment. Yes. But one thing with Draper, you don't have to build the body up. His body's there. Yeah, right. true, true. Yeah. Yep, so, yeah. Cool. Um, and then, yep, Eddie. Eddie's just a good, solid pick. I actually didn't realise he'd kicked that many goals last year. He yeah, a lot. yeah. Yes. Well, well, which probably says I didn't watch SNFL as much as I should. <laughs> well, look, before we get into a, a bit more detail about our picks, I guess um, the main surprise of draft night, I guess, amongst amateur football watchers, and that would be uh, John T. Scharenberg going undrafted. Someone that, who um, picked up a lot of the bowls, played senior SAFL footy for two years, uh, was All-Australian, um, was thought of as a potential first-round pick at the start of the year. Um, I guess it was a bit of a shock that um, no one sort of took the punt on him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Not I a guess, shock. Yeah. Not a shock at all. We, we've we talked about this a few times about SA yeah. midfielders who yeah. 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 get around, big stats, no hurt factor. Yeah. Yep. And then they play SAFL on a flank and they still have no hurt factor, but they get good numbers. But you're looking at it as a scout going, well, he's not going to help us win a game of footy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, which... Yeah, I could probably get back on my hobby horse of the SNFL development about that. It's probably a big thing, which we might have to do an episode of that next year. Well, I mean, it's a big thing for Port Adelaide because, I mean, by necessity, you know, every every team's born, every team's going to have academies for Indigenous and multicultural recruits. And yep. if that's going to impact on us, you know, because we're only allowed to take from South Australia then we need to do something. Like, that's that's not just a... That's no longer a, like, oh, we're interfering with your business. That's interfering with our business. Um, you know, helping... In getting identification of these guys, you know, under 13s level or whatever else, under 12s um, and upwards. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's going to come to a head probably... Well, it should come to a head next year, but it might be the year after. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. Mm. So... I guess yeah, with a different podcast to tonight. Yeah, mm. I guess with Sharon Berg, I don't know, you, you look at what you need to make it at AFL level, and I think you need skill, you need speed, you need endurance, um, and you need to have some hurt factor, and he's probably got none of them. Um, he picks yeah. up a lot of nah. the ball, but he doesn't really do much. Um, I, he put in a terrible beat test at Draft Combine. Like I think he was the lowest performing uh, midfielder, and uh, I think even Sean Darcy got a better beat test on him and he weighs 113 wow. kilos so I think that says quite a lot um, yeah it's it's a shame for him because I think you know he's a natural ball winner um, maybe in a, in a few years time if he can work on his hurt factor um, he might be able to do something like uh, Mitchell or Prittis and um, you know get drafted um, a bit later on and uh, maybe make a name for himself but uh, at this point in time I think he's got a fair bit to work on uh, I guess Sam Walker was the other one from South Australia that missed out. Uh, he was all Australian as well, and Liam Ryan, who was the um, uh, the yeah. uh, Aboriginal forward player from WA, who uh, 
played the, the, the one season in the waffle. Um, he missed out as well. But again, like he put in a shocking um, beak test at uh, the, the WA State Combine. I think he got like a ten five or something like that. So you're never going to get drafted when you uh, can barely raise a gallop. It's one of those things that, um, again, I can't thank Russell Ebert Hamble enough for linking this podcast with our our, our, our list analyst and something, whatever he's called, the guy underneath, Jason Cripps, because um, they talked about how you use these sort of statistics to guide to to to, sort of, to guide your decision making, but you don't make your decision making on the basis of purely the athletic stuff. Yeah. But it is interesting, like, that you need to have an okay beep test to get drafted, but it's just if you've got a shit one, I mean, that's still a disqualifier. So that's interesting to know that, like, that's still... I mean, I guess there are enough... I reckon there are enough flags on Sharon Berg particularly to say he wasn't going to make it regardless of whether he... I mean, if he came out and got a, you know, 15 beep test or something, you say, yeah, he must have worked really hard, but you'd still be wondering. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That that and his All Stars game was so unimpressive. Yeah. Like, and the last game, no matter how professional you are, the last game sticks in your mind. Yeah. The last time you see a kid, it sticks in your mind. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And again, if you played a good game that day, you'd probably sit there and go mid thirteen beat. Okay, we can improve that. It's not great, but it's not that bad. You can't play. We know you haven't got leg speed, but we know you can find the footy. But when you start sitting there going, oh, this is almost an AFL quality game and you haven't been able to touch the ball and when you have, you haven't used it well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's just in your memory. And then again, you have six-footers. There are a 1,001 six-footers to pick from. Yep. Yep, so, yep, yep. So if you're 197 metres, you can get away with it. All right. Let's talk about the players that we got. With our first pick of pick 16, we got Todd Marshall, who's 198 centimetre, 87 kilo, key forward from the Murray Bush Rangers. Uh, In seven championship games, he kicked 14 goals. In 11 TAC Cup games, he kicked 22 goals. So he was consistent in that he was uh, averaging two goals a game across the whole season. Um, as we know, he was the most talked about player on our forum this year, and uh, I guess we got the key forward that we needed. Um, I guess the first question, which I'm going to ask for all these players, is uh, are you happy with this pick? Mish first. Okay. Well, talk about the pick in itself. At 14 or whatever it was, it is a reach. I sit there and go, it's the top end of where he should be going. He hasn't mm. done enough to project that he should go, will be a solid key forward and all of that. And there's there's a high risk that he's going to turn into a nothing footballer. Yeah. So that's the pick in itself. But so if we only had pick 16 and the next one was 49, there's no way I could do that pick. No, no way. No way that I could do that. Now, knowing that we could get three the idea was to get three mids with the other three picks. I'm quite happy with it. And I like the upside and all that. But, yeah, I'd probably say his fair value is probably pick 20. And we've just paid that slightly extra, which I'm happy with because we need to fill a need. Yeah, I mean, I, it, look, we're really excited about this draft 
Um, but the sad thing is that the reason we're really excited about this draft is because essential needs to decide that our gaping holes have gone unaddressed for so long. Like that, this isn't an exciting draft if we've been drafting for needs in previous years. Yeah, um, that, that that's what makes this one so so thrilling. And you can see that these guys can potentially make a really early impact because. We haven't been drafting these you know, med- proper medium midfielders that just get a lot of the ball or anything like that. You don't always have to draft them in the first round. Um, yep. I would, but... I would suggest there's a bit of heart. Like the key forward everybody has been going on, we need to get a key forward. Yep. Well, the last two years with the picks we had, there have not been the options to pick key forwards. No, Correct. So we wrong. could have picked key forwards just for the sake of picking key forwards, but mm. you might as well just throw away your pick if they're not going to ever make it. So... Sometimes it's harder to pick for knees than what it looks like. Yeah, it's all well and good to say, oh, I want to pick up yeah, pick but... but they have to be available at your pick at a reasonable value. And I think this draft fell into our lap that way. Yeah, but, but I mean... The forward fell into our lap. Because at pick nine, I would have been stretching like hell if we'd picked Marshall at nine. Yes, Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I, I guess that's more at that point that becomes a query on trading. Like we know, like we've kept all our players. Yeah, we've kept all of them. Um, next year, if yeah. we're not finishing top four, then there's going to be an absolute um, apocalypse on the playing list. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, I suppose, you know, having some senior or, or not senior players, but some marginally developed players on the rookie list means that they can come in for the worst, the four worst of them, and then we can, you know, draft a decent picks for the rest, hopefully. Um, but, yeah, I mean, where you can't draft, where you draft picks of shit, that's still a list management query because, yeah, it takes the onus off Parker to do more than draft small midfielders, you know. It takes that yep. onus off. That's yep. that's no, that's fine. Um, yep. That's probably, that's really why I haven't been as down on Parker as other people have, I suppose. But um, that becomes a, a trading week thing, um, and that's on Crips, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm I, pretty I, happy with, uh, with Marshall, to be honest. I, I liked him the first time I saw him. The first game I saw him play, he took three really strong contested marks, kicked a couple of really nice goals, um, showed really good pace, um, great chasing ability. Like he could end up not developing and end up playing, you know, end up being another Johnny Butcher and play, you know, thirty-five games across seven years, and that'll be it. But um, I think there's enough talent there, enough raw potential to work on uh, that he could. Well, like, there's definitely the potential there that he could become something pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, like, there's a question on the Spreaker chat because I am reading it. Um, with the talk from Interstate saying, with the talk of so many good forward next year, could we have waited? Um, the reality is, with the key forwards, like, so many of them don't work out, and that's for you know Premiership clubs they don't work out. Like, go through Hawthorne's left of, of, of drafted key, uh, key position forwards that have completely bombed, you know, and they're still winning premierships. Like, you, you're going to have misses. You're going to have misses, and so if you're only drafting one key forward every what is it seven years. Um, then you're not got a higher chance of success, yeah? yeah. Um, so that's where we're at. Like we've drafted one key forward; he was the best key forward in the draft. Okay, cool. I yeah. still think we need to draft key forwards next year if we get picks. Plus, a lot of the well, good key forwards that, next year are academy linked, and we're probably not going to get a chance to get them anyway. Well, yeah. we'll see. I guess. Oh. Mm. I mean, they're not all, are they? Not all of them, but uh, we now don't have a first-round pick, so we don't have the option really anyway. So It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Cripper said we can trade back into the first round easy. 
That's true. We'll yep. say goodbye to Peter Art and we'll get to Sam Hayes or something like that. So uh, no, all, we'll all we do is trade in our trade out two thousand eighteen first rounder. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Look, so, I mean, I, 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 I mean, just keep doing that every year. <laughs> so where does he need no. to improve? We we've seen the pace, we've seen the X factor, the contested marking. Um, we know he's never kicked a bag. This year he uh, he maxed out at three goals, but he did kick three mm. goals on quite a few occasions. Where does he need to improve uh, in the coming years? Endurance. Endurance, yep. strength, and just presenting more often. Repeat. Yep. Repeat yeah. presentation, all that. So, again, all of it is coachable. Uh, mm. the, other thing, uh, the other, only other thing technically he needs to improve... Well, probably two things. He needs to straighten his arms a bit more when he marks. Okay. He's okay. Got, got them bent at about 10 degrees when he marks now rather than having them straight. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and look, those are flaws that he – or not the marking one, but the other ones, those are flaws that he's clearly aware of because you just look at that – what is it, the Future Stars thing with the stupid graphic at the front? Like he talks about yeah. that he hasn't played out a full game all year. Um, and then yep. he needs that's something he needs to do. So he's aware of it, and that's good yeah. that he's aware of it before we've had to tell him. <laughs> yeah. well, we know, obviously, there's been a lot of press that he's never had a preseason. He only started concentrating mm. on footy mm. this year. So I think certainly on the physical side of things, he's got a lot to improve on. Um, and again, I think he's got the build uh, to build his body up. You know, he can easily put on another sort of seven or eight kilos over the next couple of years and uh, become a contestant marking beast. That'd be great. Narrow, narrow shoulders, mate. Narrow shoulders are going to prohibit him to some extent. He's going to have. He's going to. He's going to have to be a leading guy. I still remember that pasty yeah, white Matty Lobie with uh, who looked like he'd blow over in a strong wind. And, nah, uh, but he had good shoulders. He always yeah. had good shoulders. He always had a good Giles frame. Was the same. He's halfway between Lobby and Minson, um, which is you know, because Minson, like he was an ocelot. You know, he, he had no chance to realistically build up that, that body strength. And that's certainly an area that Marshall's going to struggle with. I don't, I mean, if he becomes, he could become a contested mark based on leap and eye and, you know, eye on the, eyes on the ball and all that stuff. But he's not going to be like a, you know, shove blokes aside, this is mine sort of contested mark. Like, that's, I don't think that's ever on the cards no, from realistic. I, I think he's more going to be a, I'm going to outjump and outmark you from in front. Type contest yeah, mark. so so it's realistically, I mean, he's going to have to do strength work for sure. But I mean, he's got to just work on it. You know, he's got to. I feel like he's a guy that's going to have to magnify what he's already good at, which is his athleticism and um, uh, his speed and endur- and obviously has to improve his endurance as well. Like that's a non-negotiable for everyone. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I look I, at him and I look at his frame and I think, God, he reminds me so much of Treadray in that '96 SANFL Grand Final as a 17-year-old. Like the same sort yeah. of spindly body, no shoulders. Um, and look, you know, Treaders not having any shoulders uh, certainly didn't prohibit his career or his ability to build himself up to a uh, to monolithic. Yeah, uh, he scope. still he still had he still had the wide frame though. Um, look, Macca, I guess my question to you is: Are we going to lock in you saying that Marshall is going to be the next Treadray? Yes, please. Let's do <laughs> okay, it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Bookmark the next Treadray, Marshall. <laughs> Bookmark right here. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Make it happen. Cool. Uh, Craig, uh, sorry. Um, what expectations do we have of Tom Marshall next year? You know, can, do we think he's a slim chance of playing AFL footy next year, or is it just spend the year in the SA and build up your tank, build up your body, and um, see how you go? 
Um, SNFL. Give me 45 goals in the SNFL. I'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think that SNFL is the most likely prospect, but I wouldn't be too surprised if he got a few games just because we are so piss weak on key forwards. Um, you know, like he would, you know, if you've got Charlie Dixon doing getting all the attention, and you yeah, maybe play Marshall for three or four games, um, where he gets to come in as that second foil and he'll probably get a few goals, I would have thought. And he's, I think he's got the ability to, I think he's got the, like, I think his athleticism is enough for him to maybe play a couple of games this year. Yeah. So, but I wouldn't I count on it. If he doesn't, I'm not really worried. No, I don't. Oh, well, we'll see, but won't it we? Depends on form. <laughs> well, we've got Eddie. Injuries. Injury. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I don't know. Eddie Howard and Sam not have a say. We'll see. Um, Craig Jones is asked on Spreaker um, to ask Mish why Xavier Richards went undrafted. Um, because he's not a very good footballer. <laughs> good call. Mish well, making the big calls here. We, we, we had a debate with our friends before the grand <laughs> final. Who was the worst footballer currently in the to line up in those two teams? Yeah, uh, everyone named him. I, who's who's the Aaron Keating? <laughs> uh, uh, it was it was there was um who's the key forward from Bullies whose Ugh. brother got delisted the tall bagger um Zane Cordy years ago Rick Cordy Cordy yeah mm. yeah yeah yes. Cordy. That, so that was one call but we all sort of agreed that at least he'll actually turn into there's a chance he'll turn into a half decent footballer he's mm. just not mm. yet. Mm. Where everybody just, yeah, Richards just is a shocker. Yeah. He's just not going to get better than what he is. Like, he's just been and how the hell you can. Well, yes, yeah, he has to have because you don't make those decisions by yourself. Like, no, nah, I'm not going to take a two year contract. Like, that's uh, assuming that he did get offered a two year contract, and I haven't heard that refuted anywhere. So, yeah, yeah. it's just. I, I wouldn't want him on our list. No. He's he's this year's Gorringe. He's this year's Daniel Gorringe. Um, and look, I mean, it'd be interesting. Like, if, I think that it's a real shame that he's got all the attention for this and his agent hasn't got any or his manager hasn't got any because, I mean, that, like you say, that, that's been fed by something. Um, oh, well, absolutely. Being his manager the saying, oh, don't worry about it, we'll get you home. Don't worry about that. Yeah. You, know, you played in a grand final. You know, we'll, uh, there'll be plenty of teams after you, and uh, you know, didn't happen. So uh, <laughs> bad luck to him. Enjoy working mm. at Red Rooster with uh, Cam O'Shea. Yeah, poor Cam. <laughs> well, He's too beautiful on. for this league. <laughs> let's move on and talk about our second player picked. Obviously, Jared Berry went uh, pick seventeen, um, pick eighteen. Port Adelaide again was uh, Sam Pal Pepper who uh, yeah woo, 186 centimeter 90 kilo uh, monster from East Perth a big powerful midfielder um, averaged 12 touches in a goal a game at the champs um, averaged the same at waffle level playing for West Coast Reserve side uh, but did average uh, 23 touches in a goal a game for East Perth's uh, Colts team um, look if uh, if Todd Marshall was the number one talked about player on our forum then I reckon um, Sam Pal Pepper was certainly number two. Everyone wanted him, and uh, I reckon everyone's absolutely stoked that we got him. For me, Sam Palpepper, like, I mean, it's been really entertaining, first of all. I just want to shout out to all the West Coast fans out there that are completely fucking salty about this one. <laughs> um, 
That's been really entertaining. So thank you, West Coast Trans. We can always count on you for an overreaction. But, I mean, I, I feel like he was just the absolute Monty for our side because he adds something that, I mean, I kind of... Look, I mean, I kind of feel like we've been missing that since that premiership year. Like, you know, um, when Roger James or maybe even a Josh Franco was willing to take the game on in midfield. Like, that's how long it's been since we've had that kind of midfield performance on any sort of thing like a consistent basis. Like, I mean, Boak oh. had his, has had his outstanding games now and then, but he's not been, you know, sort of a shove bloke's aside, get down the guts guy. Um, oh, look, obviously, with how Pepper. This guy's an in theory. absolute package. He already weighs in at 90 kilos. <laughs> Um, was in the top 10% over 5 metres um, in the sprint, which I think is really important. Still did a 3-second uh, 20 metre, uh, which isn't too bad. Had the third best agility time, top 10 in the beat test, top 25 for the 3-kilometre as well. He's got that power and endurance uh, behind him that we haven't had <laughs> since uh, Sean Burgoyne um, at his peak, really. And uh, I guess the question yeah. is, um, how much development uh, does he have left in him? Look, I mean, if we've just drafted the, the, the next Treadray with Marshall, I mean, we've clearly drafted the next Chris Judd with Sam Pepper. so... I think so. Look, um... he looks the same, he runs the same, he holds the ball the same. This guy is Chris Judd. Pretty He's nice. Chris Judd. How good is it to have Treadray and Chris Judd on the same side? Oh, I'm pretty excited about you that. imagine? So, Mish, why don't you talk us down from our, our ridiculous peak? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, always fun. Always fun listening to his crap on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, again, I really didn't think we were going to get the chance to pick him. I said he'd be gone at pick 12. Right. So it was like, when they took Venables, it was the double beauty for me. It was like, like yeah, hey, you know, like we couldn't all. fucking draft Venables. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Pal Pepper's still available. It was just like, oh, God, we are going to have a midfielder who physically intimidates teams. Yeah. Teams I have to worry about how are we going to stop him? Like, as an opposition coach, we go, who the fuck are we going to put on him? How <laughs> are we going to control him? Because in eight touches, he'll change a game. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about his 20. There'll be yeah. eight, there'll be a patch in a game where he'll just change it. And again, you, you do say Judd. Like, I sit there and go, that's a bit ridiculous. But mm-hmm. Judd was like that. Judd only needed 22 touches to change a game. Like yep. He didn't need to get 34s and that sort of stuff to be a good footballer. When right. he was at West Coast, it was, as soon as he got over 20, he was getting Brownlow votes. So he didn't need a lot of the footy. Yep. I think Pal Pepper's going to be that way too. And just physically, mm. I'm on him. Like I love my tough stuff. I sit there and go, fuck. Just know you're going to hurt by the end of the game. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't even want to play Darcy Byrne Jones on him. Some of these nice, pretty footballers are going to get a shock because there's nothing pretty about him. Nah, it's no. going to be awesome. We say that, but he had some of the best highlights at the championships, I reckon. Some of his goals that he kicked where he just sort of burst through the pack um, and was able to slot the goal running at full pace. Um, it's rare to find players that actually do that. And uh, to have one in our team, when we haven't had one for about 10 years, uh, there's so much excitement to come with uh, Sam Pepper. Yes. And uh, I can't wait to see him in a Paul Guernsey for the first time. And uh, I guess the, the same last question is asked with Marshall. You know, what are the expectations uh, for 2017? 
Premiership Norm Smith medalist. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, look, if he plays about 10 games, I reckon he's probably doing pretty well. Um, so. He's half a chance uh, of round one, I reckon. Nah, 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 nah. No? He'll play round one, he'll play 18 games, he'll get rested four times during the year. He'll be an okay. absolute... That they, they could run his body in the ground and he'd play all 22. Ripper. All right. We're going to lock that in. in. We're going to be playing he's Chris Bird for 22, 22 games. He's in our best 22. As long as his body's sound, he's playing. Yeah. Okay, good. Has to happen. Yeah. I would love that to happen. And, you know, the upside is, like, people have talked about how, you know, maybe his kick into the forward line isn't always great. Like, he's fine, you know. He's not competing against much at Port, so he, he, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, our forwards are used to uh, shit kicks coming in, so... Uh... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They might be shocked at the coming in at luck. speed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the third play. Pick 32, as I said on yeah. draft night, as we were, uh, as we were drinking some beers and uh, on the search for potato gems. Um, you know, we saw St Kilda pick Ben Long. We saw Geelong pick Brandon Parfit. Patrick Lipinski went, McClarty went, Begley went. And we thought, hey, you know what? The players that we want on this podcast are going to be available with this pick. And uh, the excitement that we had when we read it, when they read out the name Joe Atley from Bendigo Pioneers was uh, ridiculous. Um, yeah, we've been banging <laughs> on about him all year. Yeah, he's 186 centimetre, 84 kilo, inside midfielder, um, averaged 18 touches a game for Vic Country, four clearances as well. Um, built that up to 21 touches and six and a half tackles a game for Bendigo. Look, for the second year in a row, we've picked my favourite player in the draft pool, so uh, I'm absolutely cock-a-hoop, mate. Bring it on. Joe yes. Atley yep. is going to be the next Anthony Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no way. No, no, no way. who's yours? Who do you reckon then? Please don't say the next Michael Stevens. Oh, I, I just told you I loved him last week when we talked about the first time I saw him about the team footy that he plays. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm just over the moon to get this kid. Right. Well, look, Mish, you're missing the point. Which 2000s superstar is he going to be? Which 2000s superstar? Yep. Yep. You've um, got to name one. It's compulsory. I've got to name one. got to name one. got to yep. name one. you got to name one. It's not Ashley oh. Sampy, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, he's the next oh. James Bartell, quite simply. Oh, that would be good. That's an impressive name. That's quite right. I don't know. Is that? I don't know. Yeah, that's not. That's not probably too far off. You reckon? Okay. Well, friendly medalist. That's all right. Yep. He pops up when you need him. Does the team things. He's got other stars around him that take all the limelight. Yeah. True. Yep. Yep. All right. So we've got we, we, we've come out of this with Tread, Ray, Judd, and Bartell so far. So we're drafting pretty well so far. This is good. Unbelievable. Look, I, I had him at nine on my list. I think Mish, you had him at twelve on yours. Porsche, you were banging yep. on about him all year as well. Obviously, we're pretty happy with his pick. And uh, just how important is it to pick another inside midfielder like this, like a raging bull like Joe Atley, who can help out guys like Ollie um, uh, Bokey and, and Robbie Gray as well. For me, I felt that our criticism of the port side of being terrible kicks, I think there's something to it, but I don't think there has ever been anywhere near as much to it as we've talked about. 
Uh, and I think that we've identified that, and I think the club's identified that, and that's why we want these inside midfielders. Because like a guy like Travis Boak, like he he shouldn't be an inside midfielder. He should be in that sort of mid space or even outside. You know, like that would be ideally where he should be. But he's just because our midfield has been so weak, he's been constantly crunched for years. Um, yeah. You know, like, and we talk about, oh, Robbie Gray should play midfield more. Well, I mean, with guys like Atley in there, he, maybe he can. Maybe he can. Maybe Wingard can get in because Atley's the one getting thumped all the time. Um, well, well, again, I, I did a best 22 today and I put Boke out in the wing. Yeah, and yeah got, exactly. I've got the big bodies going through the centre and the, and the quick hands of Wingard and Gray going through that rotation. Like, yep. Because yep. you've got how Pepper can play forward, you can virtually rotate those three through the centre in a forward spot. Yep, yep. By themselves. And, yep, Atlee how... can rotate through the bench with wines and, yep, and you'd and, have and Hartley and Ebert running through there and all of a sudden got Blake crash, racking it up on the outside. I mean, how? I mean, because we know Boat can kill that role. He can absolutely kill that role. Like we're talking about, you know, we need to add uh, someone to compete with Pollock. I mean, Boat will kick Pollock out of the water if Pollock doesn't have a consistent season. You know, like yep. he can, he's got he's a good kick. He's a good kick when he doesn't have blokes hanging off him and no free kick. Um, so I, I think this this is a monumental draft for us in terms of our potential side. Um, and like we said on draft day, I mean that's added a year or a year to probably Boke and a year to Robbie Gray as far as their careers, I would reckon at least. Yep, yep. Mm. Uh, and what Atley is good on the outside too. He's not. He's quick, all right, yeah. But, but he covers the ground and gets the positions. And dare I say, well, having said he's not quick, there are times when he can turn on the speed and you go, where the hell did you pull that from? <laughs> right. He gets the vision and he goes, aha, that's what I'm going yep. to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of his overhead marks, it's like, oh, well, you're not in this contest. The next thing, all of a sudden, he's up there. It's like, wow, where'd you pull that from? That's not your normal game. Good comment like from Bevan on Spreaker Chat saying that we currently have the second most players eligible for the Rising Star um, just behind North Melbourne. So, I don't know, like, are we talking maybe Joe Atley comes in, he gets a Rising Star nomination? Oh, well, uh, I want to open up a betting account and go for Pal Pepper, thanks. Yeah, it yeah. probably makes sense. For, for, the, for the winner, last, anyway. Last, for the winner. The last I saw, he was at 50s on one website, and I thought, I really should be joining up. I don't fucking bet on footy, but... Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> that's so bloody tempting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I might get on that one. Mm. Mm. I think it's pretty clear that um, should he stay fit, Joe Outley's going to play AFL footy next year. Um, how much do you think he can actually play? Um, look, I mean, because we're putting in him in one of the most physical roles on the ground, again, I'm going to say 10 games, but he might surprise us. But uh, look, it's more important to me that he manages to get out of them without being horribly injured. So yeah. I would rather be cautious. Yep. I assume he gets through pre-season. I'm chucking him in game one against Sydney. Yep, for sure. I'll oh, forget okay. against Sydney. Mate, mate, you're going to find out what AFL is about. You're yep. either going to stand up or you're going to go back to the SNFL to learn your craft. Yep, yep. So, And again, because it's physical, I don't think he's as strong as Power Pepper, so I'll say 14 games with most okay. of the miss being through resting. Yep, I'd be happy sense. with that, 14 games. We'd be pretty stoked with 14, for sure. That'd be good. Yeah, I think we're all pretty happy with that pick. That's a good one. Mm, I, I, mm. I still can't believe we actually picked him. 
It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> well, we were kind of dreading. After your text think, Friday when, night. Yeah, often when you, when you like someone that much, you just think, oh, someone's going to sneak in and bloody pick him, the pick before <sighs> us or something like that. And like I, like I a really master hockey. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Moss Baholki to the crow. I thought Essendon would be a chance for Atley. I thought Collingwood might be keen as well. Um, but for him to land I don't know what Collingwood keen on. <laughs> Happy days, mate. I don't get Collingwood's draft. Mm. Yeah, I'm not keen uh, on no, either. It's funny, though. Um, I listened to the Send Draft coverage today, just to see oh, yeah. on the way through. Yeah. As soon as it got our pick... Atley will go here. As soon as he went, Drew will go here. Uh, it's like they had bugger all idea of who would be going at each other of the clubs. As soon as it got us, they knew what type of footballers we needed. Yeah. Well, that, that, they that's... were guessing who it was, but they just nailed it straight off. Like... That was a stark contrast to the actual Fox Talk coverage, which I'll watch later, which, oh, um, yeah. talked, about, which talked about, you know, at pick thirty, whatever the next one we're going to talk about, um, we we'll, oh when Port needs a defender, Port needs a defender, like bullshit we do, nah Port <laughs> needs a defender, and then we draft Will and Drew, and then what the worst part is that they then say oh yeah well Will and Drew can play in defence a little bit, oh piss yeah. off, <laughs> <laughs> how desperate are you to justify your stupid opinion? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is a uh, ill-informed yeah. opinion, and we're going to make it fit whether you like it or not. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, Holy let's crap. talk about Willem Drew. Pick 33, um, 188 centimetres, 78 kilos from North Ballarat. Only averaged the 10 disposals uh, for Vic Country at the chance, but did average 22 touches and 7 tackles a game for North Ballarat. Uh, was named in the best players in 14 out of his 15 games at TAC Cup level. Um, I don't think we saw the best of him at the chance because he was sort of pushed into a bit of a role in defence. Um oh, but he is someone who uh, obviously dominated all year in the midfield for North Ballarat. Um, Porsche, I think you're pretty happy with this pick. What about you, Mish? Oh, again, what do I have him rated 13? How could I not be happy with this pick? I, I just sit there and go, he goes, he's a genuine midfielder. He's got special hands inside and he can run. He spreads, he runs real hard. Like, yep, he's not the elite kick, but he kicks within his limitations and generally they're not too bad he can still hit a forward he is a good player I'm very happy about him coming in like what's really exciting about this draft is we drafted Pal Pepper who is you know he's a aggressive gun we've drafted Joe Atley who can play that sort of secondary role and Willem Drury I mean he's happy to go to half back flank apparently to, to get a kick so um, dare I say he's the next Russell Ebert <laughs> <laughs> well, there's our first flop because he only played 22 games at, at uh, VFL level. So, yep. uh, <laughs> yeah, no, look, he's, he's going to be good for us, I reckon. Um, I do like oh, how quickly he makes decisions, um, and more importantly, like the fact that we've drafted these three physical midfielders. Like, the odds are that one of them won't work out. It might not be that way, but the odds are that one of them won't work out. Something, you know, maybe maybe Sam Palpepper gets stuck below ten possessions a game or something like that, or you know, something along those lines. But the fact that we've drafted three 
you would hopefully expect two of them to work out and you'd hope for the, the third one as well. So that's pretty yeah. fun. I like that. Yep. Yeah. I actually think all three will work out to a certain level. Mm. That's whether they can promote themselves to be elite, which will then drag our team into grand finals and all that. Because we've Thought got we need one of them. three big midfielders who can run and they're footballers. All right. And that's the best thing. They're footballers. Mm, right, we're mm. not just drafting somebody very good outside receiver. They they do the hard work. And yep. they do the running. Like um I was talking about Pal Pepper, there's one play last year and on his footage, he's run four hundred metres in one play, done four tackles and got the handball on the end to get a to get a goal in the waffle. They said you can watch it in the from the goal camera, they could watch it. And he clocked up 400 metres in the play before he actually got on the end of it. But he had so many involvements in the play. It's like, yes, please. Uh, I think that this is the point at which we should say to anyone out there wondering whether they'll renew at the same tier of membership this year, you are an absolute nong if you don't, and if you yeah. don't try to get better. Um, because you're going to enjoy watching the side so much with these guys when they're in the side. So just don't be a deal. Be smart. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's he really does impress with his hard running. I really like his ability to present all over the field as well. Is he someone that we can see becoming more of an Isaac Smith type hard running outside player, or do you think his inside work is far too valuable uh, for him to develop, uh, develop into just an outside player? I think you'll find he does the outside stuff whilst he's still doing the inside stuff. Mm. And that's why he's so good. Yeah. Like well, the fact that he spread so well from the contest. Like I, Again, I watched him off the ball in that All-Stars game. And as soon as the ball's got in their hands, he's off. And sometimes he's off quicker than the guys that he was playing with to actually realise that he'd actually made space and was actually the right outlet. But he still kept running down the ground. Yeah. And yet that's... The, the rebound run that he was providing him, though he wasn't getting the ball a lot, was important. Mm. And he tends to run in the corridor. He doesn't run out wide for the ball. Now, just going to Spreaker Chat again, we've had two contenders for 2000 superstar that Willem Drew is. Um, they're quite different. So, Mish, I'd like your your view on it. One has said he's the next Kudafides, and the other one said he's the next Nathan Buckley. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Neither, that, so, sorry, but neither are even close. Okay. I, I don't think you would ever say the hands was the strength of Buckley. Okay, fair enough. And I don't think you would say the same with Cuda. How about Lacuria? Oh, God. Mm. I'm trying to remember what he played like. He was one of these players that used to rack up 30 possessions. You never noticed him. He was, yeah, well, he's yeah. pretty handsy. Not saying he's he was bad, handles. but yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Let's go with that. Yeah. So where can yeah, you see him fitting fair. in next year? Okay. Do you think he'll get games, or is he more of a Magpies player next year? Um, I, I would like start him... him in the middle of Magpies, and then let him work his way into the team. And yep, ten games. I think we wait for Sam Gray's first shit game and bring him in. <laughs> That's so my view. I, I would, I would probably suggest that Atley and Pal Pepper have pushed Sam Gray out of the team. Completely? Okay, that's fine. 
not, I'm not going to argue. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> right. Mm. Well, let's talk about the rookie draft. Pick nine. Uh, we landed oh. the Ruckman. Peter Adams, 202 The next Brendan Lade. The next Brendan Lade, that's it. From Norwood. Uh, he can play up forward, can play in the ruck. Um, averaged uh, 15 touches over a goal a game, uh, three and a half marks, and 27 hitouts a game at under 18's level this year for Norwood. Um, I think I had him the second highest rated ruckman in the draft. Mish, I think you were similar. Porsche, you were very high on Laddams as well. I think it's pretty clear to say that uh, we should all be pretty stoked with this pick to get him where we got him. Look, I'm pretty excited because he doesn't seem to have any glaring deficiencies. Like, that's, you know, for a junior ruckman, that's unusual. Yeah. Um, because like all the ruckmen that got drafted before him, they've got clear deficiencies, yeah. Um, whereas he just seems to be pretty good at all the things. It might be that maybe he'll just get a bit better at all the things, but that could still be a good lobby replacement, certainly. Um, and you know, who knows? I mean, there's the potential there that maybe Brendan Lade will be able to teach him cunning, and if he learns cunning, then he becomes a very deadly ruck indeed. Um, so that's that's that that's what I want to see. That's what I want to know if he if he can gain that 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 ruck intelligence because um, he's all right, he's pretty good. But if he could gain that late esque um, damaging ruck work, I mean, oh, that's the best value you could find in this draft. So that's my I think view. He's a good size. I think he's got good tap tap uh, work. I reckon he's not a big jumper, so he's never going to be that sort of player. But um, I like his hands. Um, he, he looks surprisingly quick across the ground for a big man. Um, and I think he's got a, a really nice kick for a big man as well. So, uh, you know, I think he's definitely got AFL potential. It's just a matter of um, how someone like can, uh, someone like Laid can sort of teach him and uh, and help him develop. What are your thoughts, Mish? I, I love him. My fear going into draft camp or state combine was his endurance was actually shit. Um. His result actually showed me that it's not good, but it's not at that level where you don't think you can improve it. Well, that's all right. So I would think over a couple, three years, you'll be able to improve that to an acceptable level. Yeah. And he needs that long to... There's a ruck when he needs that long for his bulk and all that sort of stuff. Um, So as long as he doesn't lose his speed as he bulks up and he gains Mm. endurance, he... He could be special um, because, as you said, there's not, not not nothing there which I sit there and go, oh, that so puts me off you as a player. Yeah. I, I, I would like him to be a bit better mark. I would like him to have a little bit mongrel, but I haven't watched him and gone, well, you got no mongrel. Like, mm. like, yeah, because he does get in and compete. So that's the first thing I want to see from Ruckman is you get in and compete because yep. you've got that big body. You can't rely on speed and endurance to bloody get your possessions. You right. need to compete where the ball's being competed. So that's, I sit there and go, it's all there to be improved. Mm. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, he's not as exciting as I suppose as a couple of the other options, but he could just be a, um, I don't know, like he could follow a Mark Jamar type progression hopefully a bit faster but you know just gradually getting a bit more like oh yeah i know what i'm doing and then having a good year where he goes oh yeah he's all right um but you'd hope a bit better but rookie let's see can't say too much we'll see yeah we should yeah, see. but as a rookie, given time to develop so 
I think mm. he's the perfect rookie list ruckman, and uh, we'll wait and see. I reckon. I reckon. Um, yeah, he could be the real sort of joker in the pack. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know that he'll ever. Like, I don't feel like he's a player that's going to become an exciting ruckman to watch. But he could be a good contributor, like a Brogan, maybe. Yeah, but dare I say, Dean Cox, his Cox level, the you, next would Dean Cox. Think, you were not <laughs> thinking he was going to become a brilliant ruckman. Fair enough. The next Dean Cox. Yeah. We're doing well. What a, what a midfield we're building. Jeez. This, this draft <laughs> is incredible, I have to say. And on to the next player, Brett Eddy. Brett Eddy. He's probably the next Jay Schultz. He's uh, 193 centimetre, 93 kilo from South Adelaide. Key forward, mature age, he's 27 years old. Uh, kicked 67 goals in 2014, 42 goals last year in 2015, and a big 74 goals this year. Uh, kicked five bags of six or more goals throughout the year. Um, I guess this one was sort of uh, earmarked uh, a few months ago. There, there was always rumours that we were going to go down this path, and, uh, and we did. Um, are we happy with this pick? I know not a great deal about Brett Eddy, but strategically making sure that we have a mature key position forward, even if he might be shit, um, at least having someone around that on the list, like that's something we need to do. Because like if Dixon goes down, we can't expect a guy like Marshall to shoulder the burden or Ryder for that matter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just responsible to draft a guy. Um, maybe he's got a, a huge amount of upside that I don't know about, but even if he doesn't, like it was just the sensible pick for us. So maybe Mish has more to say. Yeah, um, other than watching him play football, I think he's the shortest 193 centimetres I've ever seen. Just, he looks like a six foot one to me when he's out there playing. Okay. Um, however, I've always thought he's got AFL qualities. Mm, mm. Just whether you put them together. Um, Wait, how, again, would you comp- how would you compare this year? Twenty seven years of age. Gives you've done everything you can. Because nobody kicks up goals in Sample anymore. All right. If he'd come out and kicked a hundred, he'd be going in the bloody top forty. Just How do you compare yeah. him to like a James Posadley? Potsiadley or whatever you however you say it. I think he's got more tricks to his bow than Pods. I think okay. Pods was very one dimensional, very yeah, present. Probably Pods is probably the stronger contested mark. Right. Think. Okay. So I think I think Eddie's got more scope to play modern footy. Yeah, he's a hard uh, run to get up and down and back and that sort of stuff. Where Pods, I don't think, would have had that scope to play footy the way it is now. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's he's um, he's the type of player that I think could complement. Um, Dixon and also the running Ooh. power of Westhoff in the same forward line. I think um, he adds something a little bit different to those. He's more of a lead mark player. Um, and look, if he does fit in, look, I, I think he'll probably get a couple of games. If he stays fit, I think he'll, he'll uh, certainly play AFL footy, uh, especially if we're struggling. Um, and yeah, hopefully he does uh, pretty well. well no, uh, he... you, can, you cannot write Dixon in for 22 games. So that no, you never can. Dixon doesn't play. As you said, mm-hmm. get a chance in the preseason of work alongside Dixon, and if he can make it work, well, then that probably kicks Montfries out of the team. Yeah. He'll 
position in the forward line, even though he's completely different. But that's really the only space you take because he's not going to kick West off out of the team. Well, I, that was my next question. Who's going to kick more goals in 2017, Eddie or Westhoff? I'll go Westhoff. Okay. You'd have to say Westy just because he'll probably play 22 games. And Eddie might only play three or four. Um, yep. And, and since we're going to be a top four team, Westhoff's going to spend a lot more time. <laughs> forward line is going to kick a lot more goals. Mm. Simple. I hope you're right. Yeah. <laughs> And that leads us to the last pick, pick 44, Jared Linett, uh, 195 centimetre, 98 kilo uh, wing, or I guess uh, sort of quasi-tall. Uh, played uh, 16 games for Sturt this year for seven goals and an average of uh, 17 touches and uh, three and a half inside 50s a game. Um, he's the one that uh, could really be, could really add something a little bit different because um, he's kind of like a poor man's west off in his ability to get across the ground. He's a lovely kick, massive kick, can kick goals from 55, 60 metres out, uh, runs pretty hard, good pace. Um, how much development does he have left in him? Um, got, well, yeah, go. He's got a lot, I think. Whether he can tap it is going to be the interesting thing because he probably walks into our team and now becomes the best long kick in our team. Yeah. I don't know who you would call a better long kick. And he hits targets with them. It's not as though he just kicks it 55 metres to wherever. He'll sit somebody on the chest consistently from 55, 60 metres away. It's just like, mate, you're supposed to only be able to do that over 30 metres. Is he the next Chris Tarrant? Chris Tarrant? Okay. No. No. Okay. No, trying. Right. Good That's try. A bit of a reach there, Paul. Right. Yeah. I know. Like it's Brad Shearer at pick twelve on uh, on tough. Phantom Knot. Maybe yeah. he's uh, the next. I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about that one. Keep going. It's <laughs> got to be someone famous. <laughs> yep. Next Ben Graham. No, that's not right. Um... Well, I think anyway, he's yeah. the real surprise of the lot because I think his type of playing style is really made for AFL footy. It's just a matter of the club um, picking up that talent and trying to get the best out of him. I think he's certainly capable of playing a lot of AFL footy. I think he's a guy that's, again, the reason why he's good for rookie list, okay, yeah, he's mature and he might come in, but the most interesting thing about him is how boom and bust, boom or bust he is. Because in theory, he could come in and everyone goes, wow, where did this guy come from? Or he could just sort of elevate and then you go, oh, yeah. And then you forget about him in five years' time. So yes. it's, it's it's interesting. Like that's 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 an okay rookie pick to do to have someone with that potential upside that's right up there. Um, you know, that's what you want. I would rather that than somebody who you know is going to run around the AFL get twenty five possessions a game. Yep. Uh, but never be in the AFL footballer. Exactly, because we're not in this. Like that, that's the best part about it. Like we're not in this to make the Magpies a successful side. Like we have to not be in that. We have to be always drafting for the AFL side. And yes. what's nice about this is that we've got a couple of guys that yeah, they might actually make the SNFL team extremely good this year, but they're going to make the power. Like we've drafted them very clearly with the intention of making the power good, and that's always the most important thing. So yep. Look, I'd pick this sort of guy over Jotty Sharonberg any day of the week. The only good thing about a good SAFL team is it makes it easier for the kids to develop. Yeah, mm. yeah, but you can be a good SAFL team and not win the premiership, so, in theory. 
Mm. Which leads us to our last pick, which is uh, the Category B rookie, Emmanuel Era from uh, South Adelaide. He's been around for a while now, three or four years. Um, he's a sub-180 centimetre midfielder, can play up forward. He's from Uganda, uh, played 12 games in South's uh, senior side this year, played 16 last year. Um, he's someone that's shown some real glimpses of talent um, over the years, but just hasn't been able to show it consistently enough. Um, he's still playing a lot of reserves footy. Um, do you think he's someone that uh, AFL training will be able to get the best out of him? Um, and maybe he can show some of that talent that saw him named in the uh, AIS Academy a few years back. I think he's a player that will serve as a guideline for future academy players for Port Adelaide to come through and succeed because you need a first, and he's probably as good a first as any. Mish? Um, He's got AFL traits, which I like, and you you get the free swing at him, and it's good. Like He's been in the system four or five years now. He hasn't chucked it in. He hasn't taken the easy way back to club footy or anything like that. He's kept the dream, and... These guys that stick around, generally we found that once they get in the AFL system, because they've applied themselves, they just grow another leg. So, that would um, be uncomfortable. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not expecting anything, but here's a chance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he is the first Academy player and then future ones are super exciting. Yes. Absolutely. Um, right. On to some questions. Um, Past My Primus has asked, um, who in your view are the likely starters against the Swans in round one? And I guess we've kind of answered that already. I think Pau Pepper's a big chance. Atlee could be a chance as well. I think it's going to come down to whether Ken is going to give the current guys one last hurrah or not. Yep. Because yep. So he does... If those two players come in, who makes way from the generally considered best 22? Well, I mean, what's our best 22? Is it we're talking about our best 22 when everyone's fit or our best 22 as far as doing the work that Ken wants? Um, they're very different. That's, I think that's part of our problem right now is that there's best 22s that can be quite different depending on how you measure it. Yeah. Um, Sam Gray, you'd have to think is that. Yeah, I think uh, um, Amon might be... He's very susceptible. Well. The reason I've why got Gray, Amon, and Young out of my best twenty-two that I did today. Okay. Think about that. Oh shut up! My web search turns Serena. I've got, got my <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Yeah. What the <laughs> hell was that? That was Siri. Siri's just really nosy. Um, so, look, I guess my thought is like Amon's going to go out and people will go, oh, you're not going to replace Amon with Atlee. That's moronic. It's like, no, you're not. You're replacing, you're shifting uh, an insideish guy out a bit, like you're shifting a boat to play a more outside role so that maybe Amon's threat is under threat. Amon's spot is under threat because we've now got a guy that is maybe a bit better outside playing outside. Um, and that's, you know... If you're going to get bumped from the first 22, I mean, it's pretty good to have it happen because the captain's playing in your spot. Like, that's a pretty good justification. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's likely. I think that these guys sort of come in in the middle and then everyone else sort of ripples away from them, in my view. That's that's sort of how I visualise it happening. That's so fair. the guys that are sort of fringy, they're going to go. Yeah. So Farkhorn has asked, uh, what need didn't we fill on draft night? Um, really well, 
to be honest. What we re- what we really want is another power pepper that's 195 centimeters to play center half forward. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like that's it. Like we've got, we've so got. Okay, we've Buddy got. Franklin. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Let's let's be demanding after this draft, you know. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, key forward, like gen, like legitimate, can take all the knocks, can get thumped in the back of the head for ten years and not get a free kick. Like we need that kind of key forward because Dixon is just falling apart every year, even no matter where he is. So we can't count on that. Um, and more importantly, we need, we need an actual backup for him because right now our backup is like I oh, will play a bunch of smaller or, or sorry a less dom, less less focal forwards I guess is that's our backup right now. So that's yeah. the made we didn't address in this because it wasn't in the draft. So you know what do you do? Mm. Um, Bakarak has asked, uh, can you give us an idea what pick ranges would uh, these guys have gone last year? Mish. Um, Atley and Drew, late teens. Mm. Pal Pepper, yep, probably twelve. But then I am going twelve this year. So, um, Marshall, yeah, probably around twelve mark as well. Yeah. So I think probably take twenty five percent off of where you got picked. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Phil Reich has asked, uh, could we have got this result if we kept our two thousand and seventeen first round pick? If we try to play that, maybe. Yeah, no. Yeah. no. I'd, I'd say and, right. and you look at it, we, if you go back to pick 9 and 48, like, we get none of Atlee, Drew, or Paholke. We do mm. get Clark. So you would end up with Sam Powell, Pepper, and Clark. Yeah. Yeah. And then have fun picking two players after that. You still would have had to pick two players at pick 65 and 67, so, yeah, God knows who you would have got then. Yeah. Rumours of Winters asked, um, do you think the draft planned out the way that we expected? Do you think uh, we missed out on any players that we were realistically planning to take? No. Yep. I don't Not think at, so all. at all, really. No. No, just hold on, guys. Hey. Hello. I just had to interrupt her there. She wanted to talk. Oh, that's nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, players we missed? Nah. Nah. No one I'm sitting there. Well, I hope I'm wrong on Pahulki, but I sit there and go, as much as I wanted him, I had him rated pretty much the same as Atlee and Drew, so we've got the same quality footballer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, and I don't think you'd pick like a Hayward ahead of a Sam Powell Pepper for Port Adelaide. I don't think you would. That would be not practical in my view, especially not after drafting Marshall as well. So, yeah, yeah, you couldn't draft those two. No. Yeah. You have to choose. And last question is, uh, who is your early pick for next year's draft? Mish. What next year's draft? Yeah, I don't know oh, shit. No. <laughs> Sam Hayes. Sam... Pick 18. Christ. Well, no idea who's available at pick 18 next year. Hayes, oh. Hayes looks the gem, though. Oh, um, he was so good this yeah. year. Again, Warple. Warple looks good, but I assume yeah, the kid with a bit more polish end up taking, moving in front of him, but he'll be he'll be the Brody of the draft. He's right yeah. up there for sure. 
it'll be up there all year, but there'll be something prettier come along that people want. Um, I've got a big man crush on Jaden Stevenson. I reckon he'll be a gun. What about Cleverino? I like his hustle. Yeah. Cleverino. Mm. 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 We'll see how He's he got goes. A bit of I mean, that's a... about him. I like him. Like this is the thing. I, that's a really good question to illustrate something, which is the danger of drafting players that don't play their final year. Because we're right now, we're all saying, oh, "No, <laughs> who knows?" But again, um, I haven't watched them. I haven't watched yeah. them. Well, there you go. With any intent of trying to work out who's available next year. Yep. Like, I, I watched Warpool and went, um... "Why the hell didn't he get invited to draft camp?" And then went, looked at his age, and went, "Oh, that makes <laughs> sense." Yeah, mm. it's actually a point that someone made on the forum today. Is that if Jonty Scharenberg like broke his leg like Simkin or Witherden did, there's every chance yep. he might have gone top thirty in the draft. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. Yeah, yep. that's that's what that's my, a huge part of my concern about drafting those guys. So, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, as a whole, how do we go? Um, I reckon this could be our best draft. Um, and I do keep in mind 2006 in that um, because 2006, we drafted a bunch of guys that worked out well, but like one, what, two genuine midfielders and all that, and then the rest are basically flankers. So um, this time, if they do work out, they'll beat it because they're in, you know, essential roles to a Port Adelaide side. So uh, I think the potential's right up there for sure. It's got the potential to be a real game changer for Port Adelaide this draft. And that's it. what we wanted. Yeah. That's what we wanted. We wanted a transformative draft, considering we're giving away our first round pick next year. Like we wanted, we needed a transformative draft yeah. because if we just drafted to fill the gaps we lost, like we just turn up next year and then everyone already knows how to beat us because they've been doing it for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But coming in and having a bit more grunt in midfield, like I, I don't know that they're prepared. They're going to have to. They're going to have to adjust to that. They're going to have to work out how Port plays now, and that's an exciting prospect. Particularly as, this is the other thing about it, like, you look at uh, Atlee Drew and um, Sam Powell Pepper, like, um, yeah, we talk about them and we think about them, in, I suppose, in the context of a ball up, but just on counter-attack, like, there's not a single one of them I wouldn't back to be able to be a very significant part of that counter-attack slingshotty sort of stuff that we do. Um, so you're getting the double, in my view. Yep. Yep. Mm. yep. I'm yep. pretty happy. But, but, yep, 12 out of 10. Parker's pushing his name up. He does another two drafts like this, and he'll be bloody talk of every other club trying to get him. Yep, yep, fair call. Uh, well, he needs to draft tall forward, but yeah. Yep, yeah, but if it works, so yeah, this is what I mean. Like his drafting has been very good mm. since Hankley's been here. Like, yeah, good I still, call. Um, Dougal Howard and um, Logan Austin. How yeah. good are those picks? Like they Rickers. are ranked 50s, 60s, 70s picks, and they both look as though they're going to be AFL footballers, and that's hard to do with key position footballers. Yep. 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 Sure. Agree. Right. Well, that's it. Not just for tonight, but for the year. Goodbye. Unbelievable. I'm going to listen at work during the week. Well, it's, big, it's been a bloody big year. This is the 70th podcast. I think that's, you know, you're probably looking a lot at about of 75 plus hours of uh, content just from our show. Obviously, there's the other Port Fan Radio shows as well. Yeah, We've got to give Alden a huge shout-out to all of them. Massive shout-out to Rick as well for uh, for funding all this. Rico. Um, good on you, Fishing Rick. 
And uh, yeah, hopefully um, we'll be back better than ever next year. Not just us, but uh, Port Adelaide as well. Um, yeah. yeah before, before you go, okay. was it something like 2,500 plays of your Phantom Draft of your live cast now? Oh, I think it's like 2,700 or something now, yeah. You're shitting me. It's, it's madness. Absolute madness. Oh, my God. <laughs> 2,700 people have heard me something. say I'm going to go and masturbate in the toilet when we pick Joe out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> That's fantastic. Look, I mean, I, I think that more than anything, that just says how desperate Port fans are to get some decent news. Um, and it's really amazing because, I mean, like, you know, that we don't have a prof- like a, a good Port Adelaide media source after all this. Like, everyone just sort of seems to go crows in South Australia. It's really, it really is bizarre that everyone's sort of backing the same horse on that. I don't get it. Yeah. No, that's right. Well, look, everybody, keep uh, keep your eye out on Big Footy over the off season. We're going to run a competition. It's going to be a really important one because we're going to be after Ooh. a new name for the show. Uh, so there's going to be a big prize for that as well. Uh, so keep your eye out for that competition and uh, the Porsche yeah. cast. The Porsche cast, yeah, your band Porsche. Thanks very much. I, th- I th- just be rock hard. <laughs> rock hard cast. I love it. That's what we want. There's well, going Mish... to be a probably big footy thing. Sorry, here it goes. <laughs> Mish, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yep, no worries. And uh, thank you for all your help throughout the year, Porsche. Yeah, thanks, Mac, for editing all of it. I'm going to have to do that next year if Chief ever gets around to giving me a login. Come and I'm not relishing it, but I'll do it. That's it. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. On that note, uh-huh. count the pair. Can the Chris Judd and Warren Treadrays of the future for Port Adelaide? Boys, though, both threatening with every passing minute. Back to full forward, off hands. Brown needed to trap it, couldn't quite. Hassled out of it. Port Adelaide getting numbers. Wingard, no one.